to the Metal Bob Live Podcast. I am your host, Metal Bob. Today's show is brought to you by Legend Picks, also artist Jeremiah Kalik. And please help me welcome our newest sponsor, the Texas Vinyl Coalition. You can find links to our sponsors and more on the Metal Bob Live website. There you can also find links to the latest Metal Bob gear, including shirts, hoodies, and more. On today's show, I had the honor of speaking with Terry Dunn, the lead guitarist and founder of the band Banshee. We discussed their latest release, The Madness, and also what's next for Banshee. So sit back, have a listen, and enjoy the show. Thank you. Terry Dunn, what's up, brother? Hey, Bobby. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate your time today, man. Hey, no problem, man. Long time no talk. <laughs> That's all good, man. Been a while. How you been? I've been great, man. It, you know, it means a lot for you calling in. It really does. Oh, man. No problem, dude. Anytime, you know. I'm, I'm just sitting here on a, on a boring Sunday in Michigan having some coffee and, you know, just kicking back. Man, when Enjoying you gonna, the day. When are you going to get back to the KC, man? Well, you know, I don't know. It's like with all this fucking, you know, COVID shit, you know, we're kind of waiting for that to kind of pass over and uh, waiting for the, you know, the music marks to kind of kick back in, you know? Right. Um, but I, I think we're going to, we're working on a new record right now and it's going to be out sometime this year. Um, we want to do, we're talking about doing a, a, a mini tour starting like in Kansas and Missouri and working our way down to Texas and then spending like about three to four weeks in Texas just playing shows all over Texas. Nice. Well, I'll be there, brother, and I'll be looking you up because I owe you like six or seven beers by now. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, there's shit. We'll get plastered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm in Columbia now. I think I told you that a while back, and I was kind of hoping. Oh, hoping oh to... right. Yeah, you did mention that. You're in Columbia, Missouri? Yes, sir. And, and you know, Kansas College, City. College town, man. Yeah, you're, you're just a hop, skip, and a jump when you're in Kansas City, brother. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, actually, I drive right through Columbia when I drive in back into Kansas City if I take that route. Well, next time you so. come this way, let me know, man, because I'm going to I'm gonna hook you up with some brewskis. Dude, that sounds great, dude. I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm kind of needing a trip to Kansas City. It's been a while. Um, you know, the only reason that I, you know, I kind of stay away from Kansas City is just because of all the negativity coming out of the Tommy Flood camp. But, um, you know, I, I don't really let it bother me. But, um, you know, he's he's really muddied the waters for me in Kansas City, so to speak. We just, you know, so much hate hate speech against me, you know, because I put Banshee back together. Well, you know, that's your right, brother. I mean, that's your, that's your, yeah. that's your bread and butter, man. Well, you know, the thing is, dude, I, I don't know. Did you read the, the interview I did in, uh, uh, for Sleaze Rocks? I did not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Check it out, man. Because I talk about, you know, why there's a disconnect between me and the other members uh, basically, you know, it's just that they've tried to lie and misinform people about my contributions to the band. It's like, you know, there's so much hypocrisy. It's such a long story and so, so drawn out. But, you know, when you got somebody for 30 years, dude, that's trying to destroy you and your and your credibility and your character, it gets it gets a little old. Absolutely. You know, absolutely, man. You get kind of you get 
you get tired of it, man. <laughs> well, I'll chime in on it. They can all kiss my ass because Terry Dunn's a bad motherfucker. How's that? Wow, man. <laughs> Thank you, dude. I appreciate that. You know, hey, man, I'm not, I'm not doing this to piss anybody off. I'm doing it because I started the band, and, you know, people still wanted to hear some Banshee, and I figured, you know, it's, you know, I mean, even if it's not the original lineup, I mean, still, you know, it's the new, the new music is good, and, you know, we'll develop some new fans, which we did. But, you know, you're always going to have that demographic of, of old fans who will never accept anything new, you know? Right. And I'm not trying to piss anybody off either, man. The stuff you did with Terry was great, or I'm sorry, Tommy was great, but, I mean. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it was, on. dude. Come it, on, man. I mean, I just look at it. I look at it like, you know, I mean, you know, just between me and you, it's Tommy's fault that we lost our record deal. And I just kind of feel like, you know, he should be a little more appreciative of me out there doing it and keeping the band name alive and also keeping his name alive, you know? Absolutely. So, I mean, so, I don't know. It's just one of those things, man, you I mean, know? Crying the and, Night uh, was fucking amazing. That was groundbreaking, dude, for me when I was younger. I, was, I love that record. That was a great record, dude. Um, you know, this this recent record we did, The Madness, I love the songs on it, the songwriting that we did, but the production was not, was really not very good. And it, uh, we were rushed in the studio and I was sick that whole week, man. I should have been in the hospital and I was sick. So when you're trying to write and record and you're sick and, you know, you've got an engineer who's rushing you and really doesn't really have the, your best interest, you know, at, at heart, then, you know shit happens but you know i'm still happy with the record people seem to be really happy with it yeah man and you know how did you and george call uh meet each other how did we hook up yeah uh i have a friend in louisiana who, who knew george his name's dean kenny he's a drummer and a good friend of mine and he told me about this singer he knew in texas he was like man this guy's killer you he'd be perfect for banshee and so I got online, I heard some of his stuff, and I was just blown away, man. I was like, God dang, this guy's, this guy's the real deal, you know? He's smoking good. And so, you know, I got a hold of him and talked to him, and uh, uh, it's kind of a long story. Originally, George was going to come in and sing uh, a Banshee tune. We were, I was down in Louisiana filming with Billy the Exterminator. Okay. Remember that show? Absolutely. I love Billy. I got, a, I got a Vexcon shirt, brother. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I was down there, and we were—I was going to be in a in a in one of the episodes where I taught his wife how. You know, I, I I engineered a song for his wife who wanted to get into the music business. She was terrible, by the way, but <laughs> but anyway, uh, George was going to. We were going. One of the story plots was George was going to sit in, and we were going to play "Crime the Night." And this none of this ever ended up happening because it's a really long, crazy story, man. But uh, but that's how it started out, and but then you know. Me and Chuck Hopkins got together, the old bass player from Banshee, and we decided to talk to George about, you know, about putting Banshee back together with us, you know, doing a record. And so after some, some talking and getting to know him and some negotiation, you know, we, we uh, you know, he was on board, man. And, and you know, he just, man, he smoked on, on Mind Slave, dude. Oh. The guy was just phenomenal. What a great record, too. Mind Slave is amazing, brother. Oh, my God. Thank you. God, you know, and, I, and I've talked to George, man, and when you hear the guy talk, <clears throat> you wouldn't think those pipes come out of that voice, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know. He sounds like he's real raspy sounding, and when he, when he talks, you're thinking, 
how does this guy do it? And you know, there's a weird, a funny story about that. He ha- actually had throat surgery. I think he had some some no- nodules on his on his uh, larynx, and so he had throat surgery. And when he got out of the surgery, his voice, he had like an extra octave almost range, you know, on his high end. Right. And so, I don't know, man. It was really miraculous the way it happened, man. But he he's just man after that surgery he was even a better singer he he thought it would affect his singing but it made it better and the thing about george is man he can go out seven nights a week and sing without complaining without complaining about his his monitor mix you know all the shit that i used to have to deal with on a on a daily basis i don't have to deal with any of that shit with him nice so that's nice well i'll tell you so my first um my first interaction with you, this has been a while back, but you might remember you guys played a show at Davenport, Iowa. It was at the uh-huh. Redstone Room. Do you remember that? Oh, God, dude. Dav- what, Davenport, Iowa? Davenport, Iowa. It's probably been about five or six years ago you guys did a show there. Oh, oh, the, on uh, the okay, for room. the, the Mindslip tour. Yeah, and it was. Yeah, that would have that, that would have been in 2012. Yeah, and it was. Uh, yeah, okay, that was. It's been a while. I actually got one of the promo posters here. You signed for me from that show. I got oh, a, cool. I got it framed up here, man. And there wasn't a ton of people awesome. there, but I'll tell you what, you guys, my God, you guys played like there was a thousand people in that room. It was unbelievable. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, that was a good tour, and uh, by the end of the four months, we were really playing great we had problems though the bass player we were using was just oh god it was a nightmare scenario and uh you know i mean the thing is dude you know we hadn't been out in you know it had been 20 years since Vince had done anything and when you're gone from the industry that long you kind of have to start over as far as your promotion and getting people back into the band so that's why there wasn't crowds but not to mention that there was really no promotion it's not like the old days, man, where you got radio spots and, you know, tons of people heard about the show. Now it's pretty, I mean, you know, social media is still good too, but um, it's just, it seemed like back in the old days, man, you know, we just, we drew a lot better. But like I said, we hadn't been, we hadn't done anything in 20 years, so it's kind of a slow step, a step up, up, up the ladder again, you know, to get to where you were. Um, but the cool thing is after we played all those shows in 2012, all of the clubs wanted us back and they wanted to double our pay. So that was nice. Well, yeah. And we, we've yet to do that. So, Absolutely. And, you know, yeah, but, the thing is, that was one of the, you know, that was one of the coolest shows I've seen that year. I was like, man, these guys come out here and gave it their all, dude. It was unbelievable, I'm, man. I'm, yeah, but that was, I'm, that was a great four months, man. That was really a rocking four months. I'm trying to remember the club. What was the name of the club again? Redstone Room in Davenport, Iowa. Yeah, sounds that sounds so familiar. Was it a newer club? Real nice. Yeah, it's it's fairly new. I mean, it was it was an upstairs deal. They had it downstairs and upstairs. You know, you guys played upstairs, and it was, god damn, you guys blew okay. the roof off that place. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that was a fun tour. Um, you know, we're hope, looking forward to doing that again, man. I'd love to come back down there and play again. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, so uh. The other thing that me and you have in common, we got a we got a friend of ours that's a good friend of yours and good friend of mine, Mr. Jay Stabler. Oh yeah, Jason, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Love that guy, man. He's a he's a diehard Banshee fan and just the most incredibly nice, gracious man I've ever met, you know. I'm just he's he's really cool. 
Yeah, I told him I'd give him a little uh, shout been, out on here, man, because I was talking to you, brother. He hey, was, Jay. <laughs> hope, hope you're doing all right, buddy. You need to give me a ring sometime. He is doing good, man. That's good. I know that his band, he's he was doing, he had a new band together that was playing out a lot more, and uh, I'm really happy for him. Yeah, they actually got to go do a gig down in Cabo, man. Really? Yeah, with this company. They sponsored awesome. the band. They went down there and played a show for the company down there in Cabo, man. But that was a good time. Oh, man, that sounds like a blast. He's a really good guitar player, too. I think he underestimates himself because he's really a good player. He is a very good guitar player, man. Jason's a good boy, man. I'll tell you. Yeah, he is nice, man. He's cool. So you, you guys have a title for your new album? Actually, we do not. We're in the pre-production stages. I'm working with a producer in Michigan named Danny Nightmare, and he produced one of the songs on the, Minds, or the, the Madness record, uh, a song called Psychosis that I just had a little guitar. I just had this guitar riff, man, and we just we recorded it in my living room with two mics, and uh, and then he added uh, a really cool string ensemble behind it and a kick drum, and just really, man, you know, that's when I realized this guy has really got something special. You know, I mean, he took something so simple and made it so much better. You know, and he was able to hear it and hear in his mind what I was hearing, and. And we just, you know, that song is, is just, man, I love that song. So we're working with him, and we're just working on, I'm working with a, a, a cat up here named Aaron Smith. He's a friend of mine. He's a drummer, bass player, uh, guitar player. And I'm just rehearsing with him, working on, you know, the drum tracks with him. You know, and we'll see what happens later as far as who goes out on the road with us. But, uh yeah, man, we're just, you know, um, just working on the new material, and there's no name for the record. We're not really sure about the direction, you know, as far as it, it but it's going to be conceptual or, you know, what the lyrical content is going to be. Right. I know one of my so, favorite, my one of my favorites off that is Into the Breakdown, and I love Dead Inside. Those oh, are some great, <laughs> them are some great songs. Bro. Yeah, that's, that's Jay's favorite song, too, on the record. Yeah, that thing smokes, Jay man. Stabler. Yeah, that's a great song, dude. It's got a really good in-the-pocket groove and beat. Um, you know, it's it's cool because everybody's got a favorite song, you know, and it's like, you know, a good friend of mine, Dave Jensen, you know, he's he likes the madness, you know, and he likes psychosis. So it's just really cool to get different, you know, critiques of the songs from different people who say, man, I can relate to that song. It moved me or I could, I could, you know, understand where you know, you're coming from. Cause a lot of the lyrical content on the madness is about anxiety, depression, um, you know, suicide, you know, and, and as I said in the Sleaze Rocks interview, I, I just wanted to write lyrics that were, that people could relate to, you know, and, that, and, because a lot of people, I think, you know, especially the older Banshee fans expected me to, you know, I think they were expecting more 80s style, you know, um, um, lyrical content. And I wanted to get away from that. You know, I wanted to retain, a, um, you know, a classic metal feel, but I wanted to sing. I wanted to write lyrics about things that people could relate to and were closer to them. So that's when I got involved. I mean, actually on the, on the, on the, um, on Mind Slave, I wrote, oh, I think I wrote lyrics for like three songs. And, 
And then our manager, Steve Sussman, he helped write lyrics uh, on The Madness. Really? Um, which was really cool. Yeah. That is cool. That, he that, helped. That's different. Yeah. Yeah, he helped write. Well, you know, the thing is, we were talking one day, and, you know, um, Steve suffers from, you know, same some of the same things I do. You know, I've got a lot of anxiety, and I've dealt with depression off and on for most of my life. And so we were thinking, you know, let's let's talk about this. You know, let's write some songs uh, about it, you know, and, and see how people react. And it turned out really great, you know. I mean, it seems to be helping people. And, and like I said, people can, are relating to it, you know, and getting something out of it. So, you know, that's cool. Right. And, and not to bring up any bad memories or anything, but is there any chance of you and Tommy ever trying to, like, you know, make amends? Or, I mean, is this, is this, is this just not going to happen? Um, it, I don't think so, dude. Um, me and Tommy have always had a very contentious relationship. Uh, you know, I don't, I'm not just talking bad about the guy. He's got issues. We all have our issues. The difference is people who admit they have issues and work on them as opposed to people who don't, you know. And uh, there's just too much bad blood between us. Uh, you know, I mean, he's he seems to be on a, on a campaign for the last 30 years of trying to destroy me and my credibility and my character. And, you know, I don't, I don't really foresee anything. You know, not only that, but, you know, Tommy's not hasn't sang and probably he hasn't done anything in over 25 years. And uh, his voice pretty much, you know, is not there anymore. So I don't, I don't really, so I guess the answer to your question is probably most likely no. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did reach out uh, last year before we did this new album just to see, you know, where he was, you know, where, where his head was at, if he'd be interested. But I think really more, it's more that he's just not vocally capable right now more than anything. But, you know, like I said, our relationship has been really, we just never really got along, man. You know, we just always clashed. Right. And uh, I don't want to, I would never want to go back to that. I mean, George, man, it's just like working with George is so refreshing and so nice. You know, I mean, I actually developed a friendship with George, which is something I never really developed with Tommy. So, and you got in, and you know, when you're in a group with other people, you know, with four other guys, man, or three other guys, or whatever, you have to have that friendship and camaraderie. And if it's not there, then you know, you're just going to be, you know, it's an uphill battle, you know. Absolutely. Um, and you're just going to be fighting and not getting along, and it's going to reflect. You know, I mean, when you go to practice, you shouldn't leave feeling like you want to strangle somebody. <laughs> exactly. I hear you, brother. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess no to your question. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's too bad because, you know, Tommy was very talented back in the 80s, man. I mean, I mean, I love No, dude, he was on a Yeah, dude, I... the guy had a phenomenal voice. He was great and he his contributions to the band were were awesome, you know. I've never said, you know, tried to take that away from him or or any of his contributions to the band, but um the problem was, you know, it's just you know, LSD, man, lead singer's disease. That, <laughs> that was the big problem. I'm a lead singer, but I don't have lead singer disease. I, I, I love everybody, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a long story, you know, and a lot of it is just is stuff that I don't wouldn't really want to get into because it would just sound like I was being bitter and trying to lash out, which I'm I'm not. No. But there's a there's a lot more to the story than people realize and and uh, when you if you read the Sleaze Rocks interview, you, it explains a lot of it. And uh, 
you know, about where I'm coming from and just the things that happened. But, uh, you know, Chuck Hopkins is the only one in the band I really have a friendship with and a relationship with. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm sure you've probably heard that Bill Westfall passed away. Yes, sir. I'm, um, I'm sorry about, about that. About a month ago. I'm and, sorry about that, man. Yeah. And that was really, that was really sucked. I mean, I, me and Bill were, had, you know, made amends with each other, um, before he passed away. So I was really happy about that. And, um, you know, uh, but Chuck Hopkins, you know, he was the original bass player on Crime the Night. And he also played bass on uh, Mind Slave. And so I think he might be playing bass on this new one as well. Cool, cool. So Yeah, we're looking forward to that, man, for sure. Yeah, it's I'm I'm excited about it, you know. I'm you know, I've just been kinda, you know, like everybody I think, kind of uh just kind of freaked out about this this whole COVID nineteen thing and you know, I mean so I think it's starting to kind of pass over and I think we're trying to starting beginning to get back to normal, I hope. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping the music industry comes back, you know, it and will. these tours start back up. It will, man. We're going to get through this thing. Yeah. Brother. We get through everything eventually, yeah, I man. Believe. And, uh, you know, yeah, I believe so. But no, man, the madness, I mean, mind slave, everything you guys have done has been freaking phenomenal, dude. Yeah, I mean, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, do you have a copy? You've got the madness. I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say I'll send you a copy if you don't. <laughs> yeah, man, I love it. You can send me another copy if you want. I'll give it away on one of our giveaways. We do giveaways oh. every month, so. Oh, that'd be cool. If you wanted to sign a yeah, copy, man, I can throw me one in the mail. I'll I'll uh, I'll give it away on one of the next podcast. Yeah, text me your your uh, address, man, and I'll send you out a few things. You know that you could give away, maybe some old stuff. And uh, some of the newer stuff. That'd be great, man. And also, I want to thank you because a while back, you would give, it's been a few years back for one of my nieces, you gave me a package of stuff that was signed by you personally for my niece that passed away. And her, actually, her birthday was just this weekend, man. So, appreciate you, brother. Well, tell her I said happy birthday, man. I will, brother, man. Yeah, you know. Appreciate you. Let me know uh, what I can send her. I'll send her something. I'm going to be a little late for her birthday gift, but, (laughs) you know. Yeah. You're, you're the would, man, brother. I have no problem with that. Hey, man, thank you, dude. So are you, man. I love what you're doing. Um, you know, it's so important to have people like you still keeping metal alive, you know, and, and promoting bands, you know. Um, it's just the industry has changed so much, you know, and it's just uh, it's just really great to still have people like you, brother, you know, doing what you're doing. Yeah. So I want to thank you. Yeah, well, you're you're welcome, brother. We need to keep putting that name. You know, it's funny that you say that because, uh, you know, the industry just does not promote '80s metal like they used to, man. And it just drives no. me fucking crazy. And yeah, you, you just recently, I'm sure you've seen the commercial that the uh, rat was on a Geico commercial. Yeah, I heard about that, man. Did that's you, pretty cool. Yeah, did you know that their that song went back in the top twenty this week because of that commercial? No. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Just because of that commercial, Round and Round is back in the top 20 since like 84. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's great, dude. I mean, I'm really happy for him, you know. I mean, um, I wish D- Warren Martini was still in the band, but... Oh, you and me both. You know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the industry is so weird now, man. It's like... Uh, like we've really had to fight to do to do anything. Um, you know, it's like uh 
you know, like we've been trying to get on the, the cruise rock, you know, cruiser, a cruise boat uh, shows, you know? Yeah. Um, and we've just, we've just hit a brick wall, man. And we've even had our fans contact the guy that, that books the bands. And, you know, it's, it's all political now, man. It's all who knows who and who's playing golf with who and, you know, who's blowing who. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's just fucked up, you know? And, uh, but our new management, you know, I mean, he's new and, but you know, he's so passionate about what he's doing, man. And he's just, he's, he's just, man, he's, he's, I just can't, there's no words to describe, you know, how appreciative we are of everything he's done for us, but we're looking for distribution right now, a distribution deal. So right on, that's uh, what he's working on. Absolutely, man. You know, and if there's anything I can ever do for you guys, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm available. I'll, I'll, I'll push it out there. I'll promote it. You know, cool. It, I'll throw it on my Thank page. You. Whatever I can do for you guys, man, I'll I'll do it because you're just a great band Dude. and you deserve to be heard. That's all I'm saying. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And uh, you know, I mean, I uh, you know was considering retiring this year, but you know, I mean, I just once I started working on some new material, man, I thought, oh man, I I'm gonna keep doing it. You know. I mean, it's just going to be something I'm going to do till the day I die. You know, I mean, there's once it's in your blood, you know, it's, it's not, nothing really changes. Exactly. You can't retire, man. That's bullshit. I ain't going to let you retire. I'll bug the (laughs) shit out of you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it was more, you know, there really ain't no money in this. Now now we did make, we did really well last year. We did some really good shows. I don't know if you remember, we played uh, the Whiskey Go-Go in LA. Yep. That was a great show, and we we played a big festival in Great Bend, Kansas, last uh, summer with uh, Head East, uh, Fog Hat, um, shit, I forget the rest of the bands. That was a lot of fun. So, you know, that was a very profitable summer. But, uh, you know, we're just we're trying to get a spot at Rocklahoma again. I don't know if it'll be this year, most likely next year. I don't even know if they've rescheduled Rocklahoma or, or what's going on with it. But, you know, and that's that's another example of what, what I'm kind of talking about. In 2008, when we did Rocklahoma, we had one of the biggest side stage crowds in the history of, the, of, of Rocklahoma. I mean, it, it looked like 10,000 people. And, you know, after that, it was just like, you know, they forgot about us and wouldn't book us. And it's, that's another political, whole political thing down there. Um, most of that, most of those bands pay to play. It wow. really sucks. Really? A lot of them do. Jesus. Well, in 2008, you know, the, the, the guy that was running the retrospect stage charged um, some friends of mine $5,000 to play 30 minutes. Wow. You know. Come on, man. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we didn't have to pay to play, but they didn't want to pay us anything. And, you know, they wouldn't, you know what I mean? We just got treated very, very disrespectfully. And uh, that's that's what really upsets me you know, about the whole industry, you know, it's like the disrespect from, from a lot of people. I mean, that should be behind you and pushing you and helping you and wanting to get you out there, especially when you have a draw that many people on a, on a side stage. And I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know. I I guess, I guess they're just afraid of people actually playing their own instruments. Yeah, it could be some of that. Uh, you know, I mean, like I said, we're hoping 
next year. We were actually supposed to play Oklahoma this year. We had a, uh, somebody that had a stage that wanted us to play, and then, like, like I said, it got canceled. So I don't really know what's going on at this point. Right. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, well, you know, it's their loss. If you don't, if you are, if you're not involved, it's their loss. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah, man. It's just you know, it's 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 just you know, I don't want to sound like a whiner or anything. It's just like, um, like even in Kansas City, you know, it's like uh, you would think that'd be in our hometown. You know, we would, well, been had been invited to play Rock Fest and and. Uh, so that's why we don't really go back to Kansas City because we have it's it's amazing we have fans all over the country who and I know there are some really good there are some good fans in Kansas City that love Banshee but it just seems like uh, we get a much better reception in a lot of other places than our own hometown right and I have a theory about that that it involves other past members of the band but I won't get into it <laughs> and you don't have but to, uh, and you don't have to do that yeah yeah I'm not um, but. You know, that kind of really sucks. Um, just in, just the disrespect, and uh, I don't get it, but, you know, I kind of feel like I've, I've paid my dues, dude. I mean, I've been in Kansas City and playing since I was fucking 15 years old. And uh, one cool thing is, though, we got, we're nominated to win, or we're nominated for an award for uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Kansas City, Kansas in December. I think we're one of the, the contenders. And I don't know when the voting, if they finish the voting, but we're going to know something sometime within the next six months. Nice. So that would be really cool. That would be cool, man. You deserve it, brother. Yeah, you know, I'm excited about that. So, Absolutely. But other than that, man, we're just, you know, hanging in there, and we're just working on the new album. And uh, I'm excited because I get to stay up here and do it in Michigan, and I'm working with a really good producer and I'm not rushed. I can take my time. I can spend a week on just on guitar tones. <clears throat> you know, um, like I said, we did the whole record in Des Moines in a week. And uh, so it was really, really rushed. And uh, this time I'm excited because I can take my time and I'm working with people that I, that I have a, a lot more faith in. Absolutely. So, so what brought you to Michigan, man? Is that, you got some family up there? Or? Well, I was... I was in Kansas City. I lived. I was, you know, I was born and raised in Kansas City. Um, my parents had passed away in 2005 and 2006, and you know, I was just like, man, you know, I need a new start. I want to be somewhere that is just completely different from Kansas City. I wanted kind of a smaller town atmosphere. So a buddy of mine was coming up here to visit his parents. And I rode up with him to check it out. And I fell in love with it. Cadillac, Michigan is just so fucking cool, man. I mean, the entire, you know, town surround, houses surround and businesses surround a giant lake, Lake Cadillac. So it's beautiful and laid back and low crime. And, you know, I, it's really weird because the day that I moved up here, I got a job teaching at a brand new music store that just opened the day that I, that I showed up. So it was really kind of weird, you know. Um, so, you know, that's kind of why I just wanted to get away from the city. Uh, you know, there, there was a lot of, uh, playgrounds and playmates in Kansas city that I needed to get away from. If you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I got you, brother. Uh, yeah, I was partying too much, man. And, you know, I wanted to 
turn my life around and just wanted to get away from that whole atmosphere, you know? Well, good for you, man. And you, so, so you're still teaching up there in uh, Michigan. Well, actually the store I was teaching at closed, he retired. Um, so no, I'm not teaching there. Um, I'm putting, I've got a studio here at my house and I really just kind of wanted to take a break from teaching because when you, I did it for like six years straight and, uh, I didn't, I just got burned out on it, man. You know? And I had developed a clientele of, by word of mouth, around the town of for kids, you know. And so I had a lot of young kids from 6 to 12, you know. And I love them to death, don't get me wrong, but it was just I wasn't really teaching the kind of things that I really felt like I, you know, I should have been teaching, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, the money was good and I enjoyed it. But I just, I've taken a break from it, and uh, so I don't know. I'll, I might start teaching again. I haven't decided yet. Well, you should, Brother Ben, because you're a great guitar player. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that, dude. I try. <laughs> oh, you try hell. Yeah. You know? some, man, if people need to go listen to some of them records, dude. You don't try. You're you're just amazing, brother. Well, my playing has changed a lot in the sense that I've concent- I concentrate more on writing you know, trying to write good songs and not trying to be, you know, a guitar, you know, flashy, trying to play fast on every solo, you know, it's, um, so I kind of, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, people hear it as a maturity in my playing, you know, when they listen to it and writing. Yeah. I I understand that. Yeah. But Hey brother, you want to, you want to promote the website or, uh, anything else you'd like to promote? Why I got you on here? Well, everybody can go to the Banshee Facebook page. Um, I think it's just, just, you know, look it up on your Facebook page, on your search. You should find it. Um, and everybody should check out the interview I did on uh, Sleaze Rocks. If you go to sleazerocks.com, click on the interview uh, icon at the top, and then it will take you to a page. It was on, It was in the main feed, but after so many weeks, they take it down and they put it in there. In their history so you can find it if you just click on interviews it was a really good interview i think everybody would like and uh it explains a lot of things you know just about the band in the past and you know a lot of things that i wanted to put to bed finally once and for all and move on from that you know it was the backstory that everybody wanted to hear about and know about but it's reached a point now where it's become more of a you know an incendiary type, (laughs) you know, thing. So I'm just trying to heal everybody and move on. But like I said, there's a lot of anger coming from, you know, Tommy's side. Um, And I talk about that in the interview as well. So check it out. Other than that, man, you know, just stay tuned for a new Banshee record. Should be coming out this year. And I think it's going to be the best Banshee album yet. I think the production is going to be the best production ever and uh i think the songwriting is going to be the best right so, on, right on man and i stay I will, tuned man i definitely will check that interview out actually actually i'm going to do that today so awesome yeah let me know what you think send me a uh po- uh, uh you know send me a text and let me know yeah i'll get i'll get a hold of you later today man i'll send you some info if you and if you if you are up for giving us a, a few items to give away on on the podcast that'd be great man 
yes, do that. Send me your address, and, like, you know, in a couple of days, just send me a little reminder. Absolutely. Because I have a tendency of spacing out on shit. Well, well, who don't? Who don't, man? Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, brother. But, uh, yeah, bro, thank you so much for, you know, spending the time with me and, and talking about Banshee and your interest and I, I just really appreciate it, you know, a lot. Nah, and we appreciate you, brother man, for giving us all this great music, man. It's it's awesome. Nah, well, yeah, man. Well, that's what it's all about, you know. Yes, sir. Writing good songs and that people can relate to and enjoy, you know. Right on, man. Well, you have a great rest of your day, brother. And I tell you what, man, I'll be in touch. And uh, as always, Terry, it's a pleasure, man. Metal Bob rocks. Yeah, baby. Hey, man, and, and I hope right, that, I hope to have you back on, man. When the new album comes out, I'll get a hold of you, and we'll get you back on. We'll promote the shit out of that thing. Great. Man, that sounds awesome, dude. And, yeah, I will get you a copy, no problem, or a few copies. All right, brother. Um, so you can promote it and give, some few, give a few away. Hopefully, we're going to get some new merch soon. I can send you some T-shirts, too. That'd be awesome, man. I'd appreciate that, bro. Yeah. No problem, man. All right, brother. You are the no man, man. Thank you so much for your time, brother. You're very appreciated here at the Metal Bob Live Podcast. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it, man. Have a great day, bud. You too. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That concludes today's episode of the Metal Bob Live Podcast. Please go to our website to check out our sponsor links. And thank you for listening. Metal Bob out.